Welcome to today's issues. Join us for the next hour as we offer a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Ed Vitagliano. And welcome to today's issues. I'm Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman this week. I'm joined in studio by Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning on a Wednesday that feels like a Tuesday. Yeah, this is a weird week when you have a Monday off. Yeah. I I have been mentally, (laughs) I'm opening the door here, fellas. I've been mentally off all week. (laughs) Go ahead, proceed. We got news for you, Ed. (laughs) Not just this week. (laughs) Also in studio, Chris Woodward. Good Good morning, morning, Chris. Good morning. And then from Kansas City, the always irrepressible and valuable Ray Pritchard. I'm so far off. I'm way off in Kansas City. So. <laughs> That's right. No, it is kind of hard to get uh, my mindset. Uh, and for for example, tomorrow I have a haircut uh, at noon. Um, but uh, I keep forgetting that it's tomorrow <laughs> because I'm thinking, no, it's two days from now because it's Wednesday, not Tuesday. And so yeah, it, to your point, Fred. It messes you up when you have a Monday off. I say from now on, we just don't take Mondays off. Okay, let's do Friday <laughs> instead. <laughs> well, uh, if, folks, uh, it is uh, June, I will say that, mm-hmm. and uh, we are in the month that leads to the halfway point of the year, which yeah. is hard to believe. My wife has on her watch, I think it is, she has the countdown to the longest day of the year. It's the 21st which, or something? Which is coming June? up in 19 or 20 yeah, days. right. And then she also has a count for the first day of fall. Oh, all right. In that, because she, she likes the fall. Oh, yeah. I, that's my favorite season. And, of course, the days start getting a bit shorter when we get to the 21st or 22nd of June. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, it's it's all marked out on her little watch. So is that one of those, like, Fitbit things or oh, something? Oh, yeah. Or? It counts the number of steps you do all yeah. day, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Much too complicated for me. <laughs> I just I don't even have a digit. You know, I've just got the old... Small hand, big hand. Does she have the uh, number of days until Christmas uh, on her? Uh, she could probably tell you that. She could probably. So, the, uh, yeah. Uh, wow. Those, those kind. Yeah. If, those if, kinds of uh, watches are, are way too complicated <laughs> for, for me. She has buttons all over the place. And, no, 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 no. I can't do that. But w- we will. We will provide for people today. Okay. The number of days until Christmas. So 206. Brent Creeley. Is that? Oh man! You took Brent's so Brent, job. Brent Creeley's uh, one chance to be on there. Get on the air and say it. Two hundred and six guys. All right, two hundred and six. <laughs> Thanks, days. Chris. Chris. Really? Technically, really, Chris. we don't know the actual day in which my Lord and Savior, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, was born. So it could be well, ten. We don't oh, know. Go so, all Chris spiritual. Is, Chris there is one of those go. guys. Huh? All right, Chris. Well, since you are so spiritual, why don't yeah. you start us off so with? With, I'm the, sorry, uh, with the news for the day. <laughs> Today will be my last day on here. It was an honor and a privilege serving yeah. you on this here radio show. Put that show. little Mickey Mouse filter in there. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Mouse filter. All right. Well, yeah. Um, all right. So one of the things that I help cover here at American Family News and OneNewsNow.com is the many legal cases that we hear about and talk about on a daily basis um, on our uh, newscasts and also on our great website, which Jody Brown and Billy Davis and Melanie Manning and a host of other people help uh, edit. And 
I'm bringing all this up not to shamelessly plug our coverage, but to make people aware that we have very big opinions coming down at some point this week, perhaps even today, from the Supreme Court of the United States involving a whole host of topics, including religious freedom, health care, and also a uh, free speech and association. Ed, which one would you like to discuss first? I'll tell you what surprised me, Chris. All right. Well, the one that's really on our radar is, involves it could impact american family association and other nonprofits that we know and work with the free speech and association case that i'm talking about at the high court is called thomas moore law center and americans for prosperity foundation versus california attorney general back many years ago under then attorney general kamala harris in the state of california there was a policy or rule that nonprofits needed to turn over their donor list to the attorney general's office to make sure that there wasn't fraud going on or things of that nature. And I'm using air quotes because that was the stated reason from then A.G. Harris. And that policy continued under Javier Becerra, who is now the Secretary of Health and Human Services for President Biden. And there's another person in that office now. And Long story short, the California Attorney General has for many years required these nonprofits to turn over their donor lists. Thomas Moore Law Center says this is illegal. It is a violation of free speech, free association, a whole host of things. And Alliance Defending Freedom is defending Thomas Moore Law Center at the Supreme Court. And we are expecting a decision on this case at some point this week. I say this week because this is that time of year when the Supreme Court just issues a whole host of opinions and then takes a break for a few weeks. Now, they, they technically have till the 30th of June. They right? do. Okay, it's, but... Yeah, generally it's early June by the time they get the last ones out. Now, Fred, we have talked about this on the show. I did want us to remind our listeners about these rulings coming up. Mm-hmm. The reason that groups, uh, organizations like us, mm-hmm. uh, like ours and others, are concerned, nonprofits concerned, is because of the potential for intimidation yes so that if we for example are forced if this law was national for example but certainly for groups in california if we were forced to release the names and information of our donors then those people would be targeted they'd be doxxed yes people would call for them to be fired because Mm -hmm. they're giving to a quote-unquote hate group we all know how the left plays this game yes it has happened before brendan ike the founder of uh, and ceo former ceo of mozilla uh was forced out of his position Mm -hmm. simply because it was revealed that he had given a relatively minimal amount i think a thousand dollars maybe as high as 2500 to proposition eight in 2008 which was a pro-traditional natural family that natural marriage mm-hmm. uh proposition that passed in that in that state he was forced out because mm-hmm. people found out he had given so that's that's the reason why we it's not that we want to hide who our donors are because of something nefarious we know how the left operates yeah it, it's not an irrational fear that we have in in this particular case because We know that there is an open and public agenda these days that if you're conservative, if you're a conservative Christian who happens to vote Republican, then uh, there are people on the other side of the political aisle that would like the public to know that. And uh, if you have spoken out against homosexual marriage, like the case that you just mentioned, Proposition 8 in California many years ago, uh, that that they found that out, and we're not going to have that as part of this company. So uh, you're exactly right. 
the the concern has grown because we do live in a day and age right now where uh, the left affords itself the right to say these individuals are dangerous. And, and we saw this uh, coming out of what happened in Washington on January the 6th. All of a sudden, you know, there was one credit card company. The FBI goes to them where they went to the FBI and said, okay, person A bought a donut in Washington on January the 6th. You might want to talk to them because we know they were there January right. 6th. This is the kind of stuff that's going on out there right now. And, and we had the couple up in Alaska. Uh, FBI barges into to their house back a couple of weeks ago because they happened to be in Washington on January 6th, right. even though they didn't go up to the Capitol. Right, and they had attended a Trump rally. And they attended a Trump rally, the, therefore they got circled. Yes. So that is why this case has become even more important mm -hmm. uh, right. because of the left-wing political agenda that unfortunately right now our Justice Department, the FBI, uh, and other agencies now have, I think, a green light from the Biden administration. Go after them. Yeah, Ray, um, th this I, I saw actually saw, ironically, a, 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 it was a commercial from uh, Apple for their iPhone, I believe. But it's pretty effective. The commercial shows a young man going in to buy a donut or a muffin or something in a store and uh, using his phone to pay for it. And then the person who sold him the muffin, I I'm sure I'm getting the product wrong, but jumps up, maybe it was coffee, jumps up and follows him. And everywhere he goes and uses his phone and wherever he's at, uh, people start following him and looking into his business. And it's all about how companies are spying on you. <laughs> and of course, Apple, who is not, uh, they they take a lot of blame for the fact that companies can can track you. Mm -hmm. uh, but now they're saying the iPhone is going to protect you, and you can swipe a you know a button or whatever. Uh, but the surveillance state and the power of companies, and in this case, even the government in mm -hmm. California, uh, Ray, to uh, to keep track of you, and then possibly punish you for your decisions is very real and i think a lot of americans are have valid concerns the only the only exception i might take to what you just said is the word possibly <laughs> right when you have a left wing administration in power headed by joe biden and kamala harris this is not just possible this is what's going to happen if you're going to be a conservative if you're going to be a republican if you're going to be outspoken in any way, I mean, I think about what is, what's happening currently to Chip and Joanna Gaines, yes. about the most non-political people you could find with the Fixer Upper TV show. So they gave $1,000 to his sister who's running for school board there in the Dallas right. area, painted it as they're giving it to some anti-CRT candidate. Well, it's his sister, but they have done everything they can to smear and vilify Chip and Joanna. That's just in microcosm what is happening across the country. We got to hope and we got to pray that the Supreme Court is going to return us to sanity. Uh, I do not think it's the government's business who gives to the American Family Association or frankly, who gives to Keep Believing Ministries, right. the, the ministry that I lead. I think our donors, I know I can speak on, on from my side of the street, our donors expect that we are going to keep that information private. 
and not give it over to the government. AFA is exposed in a bigger way because of the stands we take on the moral and spiritual issues. Uh, we're in dangerous times anyway, Ed, because we've given up so much right. personal privacy for the convenience of the electronic world we're living in. I hope the Supreme Court comes down on the right side here. Okay, what else we got uh, possibly coming out this yes. week? Yes, uh, there is a case called Fulton v. Philadelphia, and at issue here is whether the city of Philadelphia can end a social services contract with a Catholic charity that refuses to screen same-sex couples as potential foster parents. A lot of Catholic charities and evangelical Christian uh, charities have uh, refused to do this because they believe in one-man, one-woman marriage, that you should place children in the homes of married uh, individuals. Um, and so the uh, the taxpayer-funded religious-affiliated agency there in Philadelphia asserts it has religious liberty rights to do so, uh, but the city of Philadelphia, a.k.a. the city of brotherly love, right. uh, calls this discrimination against a protected class. Beckett is interviewing, um, or interviewing, representing the, uh, the Catholic charity in question here. Beckett has a very good record at the Supreme Court and has won many a religious freedom case. So we'll see whether or not this is another W for them. What What is the name of the uh, evangelical, supposedly evangelical adoption agency? Bethany, was it Bethany? Uh, what, what is that? Bethany is one of them. This is the one who caved on this issue and, and now nationally said they were going to uh, ad- adopt out mm-hmm. kids to homosexual couples. This was a... Bethany Evangelical. Anyway, uh, see if you can find that. I will. I think uh, Charlie Butts has covered that for us. Uh, th- that That is a case in which a Christian organization uh, caved. Yes. Okay. Some of these right. Catholic organizations right. uh, try have, have actually stopped their adoption ministries mm-hmm. because they were being forced to choose. Yes. So I know that in, uh, I think— uh, uh, Catholic Charities of Boston, mm-hmm. uh, in Illinois, there are several that were put out of business because they would not cave. This is a very serious case that has gone to the Supreme Court. It so, is yeah. indeed, Bethany. Bethany, of, what is, what's the full name of that organization? Is it, Bethany it, Christian Services. Okay. Yeah. The great they, Charlie they Budge caved. reported on that. They yeah. caved mm-hmm. on it, and they said, well, all right, well, we won't stick to our guns. We won't even go to court. No. We and are there's, gonna- a, there's another case that uh, is brewing in Kentucky. Uh, there is a Baptist-run organization facing the same kind of challenge from the state government there that uh, the state is telling them you must comply with our non-discrimination policy. Translated for this foster organization, you must uh, give kids to homosexuals right. uh, to, to raise. And they are fighting that at the moment. And I think their deadline that they've been given by the state there, elections have consequences, Democrat governor there, and he's all in on this, and they have until the end of this month to decide. And we're now talking, this particular Baptist organization has hundreds of kids right. in its care. Hundreds of kids. And so if they're told by the state all of a sudden, we're not going to do business with you anymore, we're not going to allow you to uh, discriminate, as the state says, yeah. then you've got hundreds of kids. What's going to happen to them? Well, and this is the scorched earth policy of mm. the radical left. They don't care about the kids. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's the same thing on the left when it comes to education. They don't care about quality education in terms of charter schools or uh, school choice. Mm-hmm. Mm. And we, we increasingly see it in terms of the teachers' unions, at least. I'll say that in terms of going back to school here after the 
pandemic. This is the scorched earth policy of the left. They don't care who's hurt as long as their ideology is enshrined in law. And in a lot of these cases, it has nothing to do with receiving government funds. No. We're talking about whether these groups are credentialed. Yes. The, the, these state governments say, we won't con uh, credential your organization. Mm -hmm. You will not be allowed to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, and in cases like in Massachusetts and Illinois, I know that um, the these organizations, Catholic Charities in both cases, uh, people said, why didn't you fight this in court? And their argument was their response. And I, I'm sympathetic to it. They said it would have taken us years to win this case. We think we could have won in the court, but we could not stay in business without, uh, you know, if we're not actually doing the ministry part. So this is another huge case. It uh, is. That's, uh, folks, be praying that we get the, the, the right rulings. Mm -hmm. under under God and under the Constitution. The group in Kentucky, by the way, is Sunrise Children's Services. Sunrise okay. Children's Services. So I'll be praying for them to take uh, take the right stand. All right, what else? We have, was it one more? I think yeah, there is one more, and opinions vary on this uh, law. But uh, another case called California v. Texas, this will decide whether or not the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, can stand. Uh, a coalition of states led by Texas has been challenging uh, the so-called individual mandate, specifically that tax penalty for people that didn't get health insurance. Uh, this coalition has been challenging that because Congress, under President Trump, got rid of that tax penalty. And as a result, a number of lawyers have said, you know, hey, since the mandate was what upheld Obamacare to begin with, now that it's gone, Obamacare is not constitutional. We'll see whether or not uh, justices, including Justice Amy Coney Barrett, agree or disagree with that argument. And that's very interesting because take you guys back in the time machine to her confirmation hearings, every Democrat used that confirmation hearing process as a way to champion the Affordable Care Act and say she was going to get rid of your health care because she's a heartless person and President Trump doesn't like it and all these things. Uh, but there were stories in the immediate days and the days immediately following the arguments that question whether or not justices would actually go so far as to get Obamacare. So we'll see. Well, Ray, I, I would just say this. Uh, I, I don't think the Supreme Court will uh, end Obamacare. I, I have no idea of the legal arguments. Uh, I'm, I am just simply saying that the way I have seen the growth of the uh, state in the U.S. is that Congress passes laws uh, or, or you have presidents who push for certain changes, and once they are instituted, it is almost impossible mm -hmm. to uproot these. Well, for everything from the Department of, of Education mm -hmm. to the Environmental Protection Agency to Obamacare, once they're instituted, they can't be – it's almost impossible to uproot them, and thus we say elections do have consequences. Well, again, ju just one word, almost impossible, really. It's just yes. impossible, right? I mean, it's hard to think of many times when when you've seen significant rollbacks. So I think you're 100% correct. Um, that's just a John Roberts-led court is not going to is not going to use this to throw out Obamacare. They're just not going to do it. Maybe do, do you think there's a a third possible way they're going to try to uh, I don't know cut the baby in half somehow? Well, I, I, I just don't know. I don't know what they're thinking, and I, I don't know what the, what the you know, the legal arguments are because I'm, I'm not an attorney. I, I, just, I just think that 
even if even if the majority of the Supreme Court thought Obamacare should be right. uprooted and right. thrown away, I don't think they're going to do it. I think they they that's, they're not going to take that. They'll step. find a way to dance around doing what they should do because they don't like. I mean, Obamacare is huge. If the Supreme Court said this was unconstitutional, mm-hmm. you are going to have uh, ramifications sure. that, uh, y- you know, you talk about throwing a, a pebble in a pond mm-hmm. and the ripple effect of doing that would be substantial. And that's the problem, Fred, with once you institute a huge government program, trying to flip that and and toss it out means you immediately have ramifications for people who are now dependent on it yeah and we're talking numbers like uh 20 million uh would that be correct yeah and and i i want to point out here too that even if you are one of the americans that has insurance through your job which a number of americans do a majority of americans had it before obamacare we still have it as a majority after it was launched but everybody listening today will be impacted by this because the affordable care act dictates what goes into an insurance plan so don't think, well, I'm not one of those people with an Obamacare plan from healthcare.gov. This doesn't impact me. It will, because the federal government tells your employer what he or she has to offer you in the form of health insurance. Okay, I, f- I forgot about that. It, it, it does yeah. dictate. And what was it? It was Obamacare that also said that, um, that uh, children up to 26 – yeah, could stay on their parents' plan. And that's the, you know, I know a lot of people that I would probably identify as center-right voters that are in favor of that because they've had a child in school or maybe they went yeah. to grad school and they wanted to make sure they had something to go to the doctor on. So, I mean, it will impact everybody. Yeah. And not just those with uh, so-called Obamacare plans through the exchanges. All right. You got anything? Uh, so those are the big stories. Yes. Those are the big cases, at least from AFA's perspective, that – we have been following mm-hmm. over the years uh, that we expect the Supreme Court. Uh, again, folks, these have already been argued before the Supreme Court. Right. And actually, uh, uh, rulings and, and uh, opinions have been written. And the way the process works is those get passed around amongst the members of the Supreme Court. And then they go back and forth in terms of uh, arguing it out, hashing mm-hmm. it out, and then final opinions are uh, well uh, final opinions are written somebody writes the opinion for the court according to the ruling and then uh, others can dissent or Correct. assent and then it is released to the public as a decision mm-hmm. so we're expecting on those three cases uh very important cases uh substantial impact culturally economically uh those will be coming All right. All right. Uh, We're going to go ahead and uh, take our break. You are listening to today's issues on American Family Radio. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman this week. And uh, and we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, Fred Jackson, Chris Woodward, and Ray Pritchard will be back to discuss some of the important news of the day. You don't want to miss that. And uh, we will be back in a couple of minutes. Please join us.
Next time on Today's Issues, our guest will be Jan Markell of Understanding the Times Radio. It's hard to keep up with all the significant things that are taking place. Evil is being called good. Everything seems to be backwards. A lot of people are just plain asking what in the world is happening. We'll also have news headlines and analysis from American Family News. Don't miss the next Today's Issues, weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central on American Family Radio and on Facebook. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox my hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit InHisImage.movie. You're made in the image of God. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. If you're a first responder, you know the right training can make all the difference in a crisis. At Liberty University, we know the right training can make all the difference for your future. So we're proud to offer you a 25% discount on our more than 450 online degree programs. Combine this discount with our generous military benefits if you or your spouse also have military experience. Learn more about getting the right training at Liberty University by texting DEGREE to 49595. That's DEGREE to 49595. Two years ago, I wrote a book called Culture Jihad. I warned Americans that a radical mob was determined to erase American history, just like the Taliban did when they took over countries. Critics laughed and mocked me when I suggested that one day the culture jihadists would start digging up the dead bodies of Confederate war generals. That was two years ago. And yesterday in Memphis, Tennessee, crews began digging up the bodies of Confederate General Nathan Bedford Forrest and his wife their graves desecrated in the name of wokeness. The bodies will be relocated to Middle Tennessee, ending years of controversy surrounding a giant statue of Forrest, along with a park named in his honor. Now, descendants of Civil War veterans are wondering if the graves of their loved ones are next. And after the culture jihad has finished culturally cleansing the southern states, oh, they're going to be showing up in your neighborhood to destroy any painting, statue, monument, film, or book they find offensive. I'm Todd Starnes. Sing praises to the Lord, O you His saints, and give thanks to His holy name. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. And welcome back. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman this week. Joined in studio by Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward. And from the halls of an undisclosed bunker, the location which is not known publicly in Kansas City, Ray Pritchard. All right, uh, Chris, what have we got coming up 
uh, news-wise. Yes, this has been an ongoing story and will presumably continue to be an ongoing story because a number of states, uh, be it in the legislature or at the governor's office, has been uh, talking about this Fairness in Women's Sports Act. This is the bill that would bar, for example, biological males from competing against females in female sports. Pardon my phone. Uh, I bring this up because Governor Ron DeSantis signed legislation yesterday uh, that would bar biological males from competing in female sports. And I want to begin with some audio here from the governor himself. He was on Tucker Carlson's program last night talking about the need for the Fairness in Women's Sports Act. Clip four. It is discriminatory to force them to compete against biological males. And so if the price of having a tournament is that I have to deny equal opportunity to hundreds of thousands of young girl and women athletes throughout Florida, uh, I am much more uh, willing to stand with the girls. A lot of these women are gonna have opportunities to play in college. Some of them get college scholarships, but even short of yeah. that, this is these are enjoyable experiences they'll remember for the rest of their lives. And just think how you feel to basically get cheated out of a victory. Well, a lot of states, Chris, have been mm -hmm. doing this, yes. uh, have been passing these kinds of laws, and I'm glad to see it because it, it is a common-sense reaction to a ludicrous proposition mm -hmm. from the radical left that biological males who simply claim to be women should be allowed to compete. Now, mm -hmm. we, we had a recent example uh, concerning a, a weightlifter, right? Yes. Yeah, there is a weightlifter that wants to compete, a, a male wants to compete as a female in the female weightlifting category for upcoming Olympic Games. And a female weightlifter, biological female, named Anna Van Bellingham, uh, she's from Denmark, I believe it is, she's been an outspoken critic of this, and she talked about the issue of having to compete against a biological male, clip 12. We're all about equality um, for women in sport. By right now, that equality's been taken away from us. Female weightlifters come up to me and say, like, what do we do? Like, this isn't fair, How, what, what can we do? And I, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do because every time we try to voice it, we get told to be quiet. It, you sure she's not Australian? Yeah, well, it said Denmark or Dutch in the New York oh, Post okay. article. And I thought she was Australian myself as well. Well, uh, 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 that, that's a puzzle. You know, that's, that's something that's up for debate, what her accent was. <laughs> yeah. But what's not up for debate is biology. Right. And so, you know, Fred, it is difficult in the age of canceling mm -hmm. for these athletes these l legitimately biologically female athletes who want to speak up you know they do and in some cases they do in connecticut there was uh, and i don't even think these are the girls necessarily who are who have filed a lawsuit but they uh because i'm actually i'm thinking of, about rhode island these young ladies have trained their whole lives they yeah. love sports mm -hmm. uh i was listening to uh, listening to watching some of the playoffs uh, on the NHL, even when the Bruins aren't playing. There's another another game. There are other teams. There are other teams, and there's a uh, a female play-by-play, uh, uh, not play-by-play, -play, but the color announcer. Yes. Uh, probably, I don't know who she is. She's probably a former hockey player herself. And I was just thinking, I probably wouldn't like to listen to a woman be the lead play-by-play. -play. I like that deep mm -hmm. voice when someone scores a goal. But women like hockey, too. Yes. And I just started thinking, you know what? Women love sports just as much as men do. They want to compete, but they want to compete on a, a level playing field. And everybody except the, these uh, evangelists for gender anarchy yeah. 
gender and sexual anarchy. Everybody knows it but them. Yes. So what 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 else can these girls do? Well, it's it exactly. You know, I I have some advice for the left. We should follow the science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We should follow the science. The reality is XX gives you a girl, XY gives you a boy. And God intended it that way. And here's the crime that's going on right now, quite frankly. And to their credit, and this may be the only time this year I give CBS a little bit of credit, 60 Minutes did this special. Yes. In the last 10 days or so, where they talked to individuals who at one point, when they were very young, they go to a medical doctor. It's a girl. I want to be a boy. All right. Let's give you some testosterone. Yeah. And they start that treatment. And they say, this is, down the road, they say, this is a mistake. Yeah. But in some cases where they have had body parts removed. Right. You know, girl wants to be a boy, body parts removed, that's hard to reverse. Yeah. And and I've heard long before the 60 Minutes special, if, if, if sometimes the treatments are so extensive, testosterone to a, a female, there's nothing they can do to reverse right. that. They do permanent damage to their bodies. But you won't hear that for the most part, with 60 Minutes being the exception, uh, from the mainstream media. This, uh, on the DeSantis story, was really interesting. The Associated Press quoted a state senator, Democrat there in Florida, Chevron Jones, condemning what uh, DeSantis did. She said this, um, at the end of the day, transgender kids are just kids. Well, they're kids but they need help. Yeah. You know, it was this throw line that how dare we interfere with what kids want to do? Well, as parents, as a culture, we've done that through the years. Sure. We have discouraged the taking of drugs, uh, you know, hard drugs that can uh, ruin a child's life. We do that. Right. They are kids. They're not at the stage in their life where they can make a logical decision. Uh, and they're making we're giving them the rights in some jurisdictions to make decisions that will ruin their lives. In fact, that that sixty minutes show you're talking about these are these are kids who want to detransition is what yes. they call. It. They want to try to go back. Uh, several uh, or at least at least one or two noted that they got no pushback. Yeah. When they said that they thought you know I'm a girl but I I, I think I'm a boy. They were saying I was shocked at how little pushback there was. Nobody tried to talk me out of it, mm -hmm. you know. So you have parents, at least, but also people in the medical profession who are, are abdicating their responsibility to yes. these just kids. Ray, let me just say this: the uh, the in the case of this weightlifter. Now we're talking about real world consequences here. Not being possibly not being able to go to the Olympics because your spot is taken by a bio biological male. But I, I was reading what uh, this person said, whatever they are, Dutch or... Belgian, actually. Belgian, Belgian, okay. This, uh, this young lady said, there's, there's no way, even if you take a year off and try to take drugs to reverse the testosterone or lower your testosterone levels, she made the point to, to Fred's argument about following the science, that does not reverse a lifetime of a biological male adding muscle mass, bone density, strength, and power to the body that is now going to be competing against girls. We really do need to follow the science, right? Let me make a couple quick points here, Ed. Number one, this is going to be the end of 
female sports, women's sports, as we have known it in America and around the world, if this transgender craze is not stopped, if somebody doesn't put the brakes on it, it's going to be the end of women's basketball or women's hockey or women's track and field because you're going to have guys who, for whatever reason, have decided they want to identify as a woman and they they transition over and they are just innately bigger, stronger, faster, and yes, some deserving women, true, born, made by God women, are going to be pushed. They're going to be they're going to be disallowed from competition by a guy competing under the guise of being a woman. This is just an attack on. Okay, the word is reality. This is a this is an attack on reality, the world as God has created it, and I am so glad. For Governor Ron DeSantis and these other governors who are taking a stand, uh, because it's incredible, Ed, we're even talking about this in 2021. Incredible that this has been allowed to go this far. Yeah. I think it also, real quick, I think it also shows that today's Democrats are, you know, this is not the Democratic Party that, you know, you guys and, and your parents grew up with. And the reason I say that is because Democrats are the reason we have Title IX. Democrats right. are the reason we had the Religious Freedom Restoration Pact under President Clinton, signed by a Democratic president. Go watch the video on YouTube. It still exists. Al Gore jokes, I'm glad to see we're not the only Baptist in the room, and it erupted in a bunch of laughter. And they talked about how great religious freedom was. The reason I bring all this up is because today you have the same Democratic Party ignoring women's Title IX rights, and you have the same Democratic Party shoving the Equality Act down our throats the Equality Act would do away with the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which, by the way, Chuck Schumer authored, and now he yep. wants to completely do away with right. it. So it's the not— The times they are changing, and so is the The Democratic far left party. has kidnapped the party and completely ignored all the um, gains that they made in the past uh, for a whole host of Americans. That's just my— uh, Okay. Two cents for him. Anyway. All right. Uh, what other news? Well, there is, uh, you know, we've spent uh, a lot of time on this program talking about Black Lives Matter and uh, various things that uh, high up individuals uh, have pushed or said uh, in the way of making Black Lives Matter and things like that. There is a gentleman named Rashad Turner. He ch founded a chapter of Black Lives Matter somewhere in the United States. Uh, but then he kind of realized that, hey, there's a lot of people that have uh, taken over this party and they're doing things that aren't good, things that don't care about black people and uh, things of that nature. I've got some sound here. This is audio of Black Lives Matter chapter founder Rashad Turner criticizing Black Lives Matter after he quit the group. Clip seven. BLM has been co-opted. They've been co-opted by teachers unions. These teachers unions own the Democrats. They own BLM. And teachers unions, in my opinion, they kill our children's hopes and dreams. So if black lives really matter, we must start in that classroom. Minnesota is 94% white, yet they walk around acting like they're so woke that they understand what's best for black children, right? But they own our education system. I, I listened to that interview this morning on Fox and Friends. Uh, Rashad also made another really important point that people may not be aware of part of the Black Lives Matter organization, their agenda, uh, they are against the uh, traditional family. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, they believe, Which is what Rashad Turner was, one of his complaints. Yes. Uh, that they, they don't believe in the family where there's a mom and a dad. 
they basically believe Hillary Clinton it takes a village. Right. And I mean, the other thing he mentioned was how the Black Lives Matter organization has been spending the $90 million that they brought in over the last 12 to 18 months. Uh, it's even, there are a lot of people in the African-American community who say, wait, where is this money going? Right. Uh, we're not tracking here at all. Now, they're a 501c3 organization. Under the rules of the IRS, you have to spend 80% of the money you bring in on the mission of the organization. Right. Uh, the last I saw of in one year, $90 million coming in, they still had $60 million in the bank. So there's uh, many in the black community are saying, wait a minute, you're raising money that you say is going to help the black community, but it's not coming to us. Right. So what's up here? Yeah, this Rashad uh, Turner, uh, Ray, this gentleman, uh, he, he was the founder of the Black Lives Matter chapter in St. Paul, Minnesota. You heard him talking about Minnesota. He, his complaints, I saw and had been reading about his complaint, why he left the organization. He said that Black Lives Matter, to Fred's point, does not support the uh, reinstitution of a strong black family. And they do not support because they're uh, uh, beholden to the teachers unions. They also do not support uh, charter schools and school choice. He is interested in seeing the black community helped by strong families and education. And that is not anything that he sees from Black Lives Matter. In fact, just the opposite. It looks like BLM, the organization, is at war with those two uh, those two ideas. Ed, you know, BLM is a great slogan. Black lives do matter. If we move away from the organization, they do matter. It's, it's, that was a brilliant marketing idea to take basically an innocuous phrase and then hook it up with this Marxist, anti-family, anti-education uh, agenda. And good for this fellow for calling it out because what we need, you cannot rebuild America's cities, the inner city of Detroit, the inner city of Chicago, the inner city of Cleveland, Toledo. You cannot re you can't rebuild the inner cities until you get black families uh, established, made strong with a husband, with a wife, a mom and a dad and a kid and a nuclear family and give them the support they need with a strong public education system. BLM actually is moving in the direction of further destruction of the inner city. Yeah, and, and just like the defund the police uh, movement, you have a lot of minorities, including members of the black community, who the vast majority think this is insanity. Mm -hmm. they'll, 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 most of them will say, yeah, we need some changes. We need improvement in relations between uh, law enforcement and the black community, for example, uh, you know, maybe you'll see a, a push for we've talked about on this show, no more chokeholds. What those are those are kind of things that can be done. But the idea that there are people calling for defunding the police and fewer police members of the police and replacing police uh, officers with social workers, most black people, most minorities think that is insanity. They want more police because the inner cities are increasingly becoming a, a bloodbath. Mm -hmm. And so kudos to this gentleman, Rashad Turner. I don't know much about him in terms of his religious beliefs or even what his political beliefs are, but his ideas about the black family 
are, are a, at least a nod in the direction of the way God created us. If you want a strong community, if you want a strong church, you got to have strong families. All right. Well, something else that right now uh, impacts and benefits a lot of communities is oil and gas production. And under President Trump, we opened up a lot of production or exploration efforts, permits, things like that, to try to increase the amount of drilling we were doing because President Trump was pro-energy and pro-American energy, to be more specific. Since he took office, President Joe Biden has pulled the permit on the Keystone XL pipeline. He's frowned on this. He doesn't like mining here. He wants to go abroad to get our minerals and metals, uh, stuff like that. And yesterday, the president made headlines because he's going to be doing away with exploration of oil in the uh, Alaska's Arctic region. This is the Anwar region that's been in the news for my entire lifetime. We've yet to actually do anything there because people and politicians and environmental groups continue to speak out about this uh, and nothing ever gets done. So one person that is critical of President Biden, as well as Republican Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, is Alaska Senate candidate Kelly Shabaka. And she is very unhappy with President Biden, as well as her senator, Lisa Murkowski. Clip eight. But this doesn't just stop drilling, it stops even exploration and discovery of any oil and gas. It stops all activity in anything having to do with Anwar. So this is devastating for workers, for our economy. Lisa Murkowski has been complicit in enabling Joe Biden's radical environmental extremism agenda. She was opposed to Donald Trump in 2016, opposed to him in 2020, was an obstacle to him through his entire administration, never mind the fact that he was one of the best presidents we've ever had for Alaska and our energy policy. It was under him, not Ronald Reagan, that we got Anwar open finally for development. But on top of that, she is helping Joe Biden. She was the deciding vote that let Deb Holland through the Energy Committee and it's under Secretary Holland and the Department of Interior that's leading this suspension right. of our leases that have been lawfully executed. Now, I do want to point out real quick, in a story we have on onenewsnow.com, Senator Murkowski is expressing disappointment over what the president did. Uh, but, it, you know, I had a guy tell me last week from an energy group that President Biden hates our energy and likes other countries' energy. You know, he was okay with the Russian pipeline giving Germany natural gas, but he doesn't right. like pipelines here in the U.S. Well, you know, I, I just think Markowski coming out in this AP story that we have this morning on this, saying that uh, she disagrees with this decision, too little too Joe late. Joe Biden's decision. Joe Biden's yeah. decision, too little too late. You had an opportunity to stop the Interior Secretary, uh, Holland, I believe her name is, her last name is pronounced, mm-hmm. Deb Holland. Uh, she had an opportunity, but she gave her a green light to become the Interior Secretary because Holland has the same agenda when it comes to energy as Joe Biden, or she wouldn't be in that position. Right. So that's where we are. You know, uh, you get this from the environment environmentalists. They're worried, in the case of Alaska, that it might upset the moose population. Haven't met a moose yet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that That is complaint. You know, honestly... This sounds like me, a... Give me Any a Youngman break. joke. First of all, coming. if you ask a moose for its opinion and it gives it to you, yeah. you need more than just today's issues. You know, I, I just... You know, you know I've, I've heard it said there's about a 100 years worth of fuel for America in the Anwar region. Right. I, I mean, it's a gold mine. It is a gold mine. 
there is a reason why the Russians are developing up in the Arctic. Right. They are developing because they understand there's all kinds of natural resources there, mm -hmm. untouched. Right. And today, you can drill and bring oil and gas out of the ground. Not a big problem. Well, the, the industry has become very, very sophisticated. All Joe Biden is doing is appeasing the far, far left of his party. The other thing that's getting very dangerous with the canceling of Keystone and now with uh, the leases being suspended in Alaska, sooner or later, the American people are going to realize that what happens, that drives the price of oil and gas up. Right. And your bill for your fuel heat in the wintertime, if you're living in the northern tier, is going to go up. Gas at the pump is going to go up. That will affect your take-home pay and what you can spend for groceries and everything else. Mm -hmm. So this is serious stuff. It gets a few lines for a few days in the newspapers, and then it disappears. But the long-term impact is absolutely huge. Well, Ray, I, I got to say, I was up in Alaska one time and shot a moose in my pajamas. <laughs> How he got in my pajamas, I'll never know. So that's uh, that's a, that's a little bit of a that's a little bit of a, of a Groucho Marx joke. Uh, some people may remember who Groucho, not Karl Marx, Groucho Marx. Uh, Ray, look, I I, I think this uh, the Joe Biden administration. I, I just want to say kudos to the Biden administration because apparently. They have adopted uh, President Trump's America First policy because the policy seems to be pipelines are okay in other countries, but we want to keep America first mm -hmm. in terms of protecting it from environmental contamination. I, I, I Obviously, tongue-in-cheek, I have no idea why it's okay for Russia to have a pipeline but not the United States. But I will say this. I think the radical left, I don't know what Joe Biden's opinion is, but – he does seem to kowtow to the radical left, but I think they're fine with increased energy prices. Mm -hmm. I think they're fine with increased prices at the gas pump because in their minds, that's going to break America yes. from our fossil fuel addiction. In the early days of the Obama administration. Are, are you Ray? Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. In the, no, no, no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, okay. In the early days of the Obama In the early days of the Obama administration, then Energy Secretary Stephen Chu said, and I quote, if we can get energy prices at the level as they are in Europe, we'll get people to move away from it. Yes. Uh, Ray, I, I think that's, I think they're fine with taking that. Look, approach. the experiment is well underway. I mean, I've seen these pictures of gas prices now in the upper fours, some places over $5. I mean, here in Kansas city, they have gone way up since the first of the year. And there are no signs yet that we've peaked that we're not, we're not at $5 yet, but we're way up over what we were when Mr. Biden came in. So his plan is working just fine. Mm -hmm. And about Lisa Murkowski, what a squish. What, <laughs> what a squish. The only thing, I am so looking forward to 2022. She's up for re-election, right? And Mr. Trump has said he singled her out. Yep. He says he's going to Alaska to Ooh. campaign against her. Oh, that rally or those rallies, that's going to be fun. Well, I do want to say, uh, on behalf of American Family Radio, we cannot take an official position on election uh, on elections. So, uh, I'm just saying it's going to th be fun. Is, That's that, is, that is Ray Pritchard's <laughs> personal opinion. No, that is going to be fun when That's President fun. Trump gets involved in uh, the, the primary challenges to some of the establishment Republicans, especially. That's that's going to be 
uh, high entertainment mm-hmm. value, get your popcorn ready. That's right. That, so, that, that's all I'm saying. I'm yes, not no, making I, any endorsement. I, 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 it's going to be fun. I understand. All right, we've got a couple of minutes. Well, Chris, I was just going to say, Lord willing, and I don't interrupt Ray or speak on Ray's behalf or Brent or whatever, I'll be here to help cover the election. Uh, wherever it may be. What, uh, by the way, the, whatever uh, you may be. Yes. The national average, real quick, in California, the average in the state of California today for a gallon of regular gasoline is $4.20. That's, That's in the California? highest in the country. Yes, sir. Wow. The national average right now is $3.04 for a gallon of regular. That is up from $1.97 this day last year. Good and again, price. we have to remind people, that's not just you going to the pump. Right. Grocery prices go up. Yes, right. because, because of the cost for delivery and distribution. It, it costs to delivery. Uh, you know, look at look at what's happening in this country right now. I don't think we got to this yesterday. We talked about it in our story meeting. Cost of lumber. Oh, yeah. That's insane. Okay. And the last time I looked, there's not a shortage of trees all of a sudden in this country. But look what's happening. I I overheard a conversation in our Sunday school class this past Sunday where someone was talking about a friend is building a house. They had to stop building their house because they can't afford. Somebody said, was it 10 or 12 bucks for a two by four? Oh, yeah. Well, it depends where you go. Yeah. But that's insane. This is what's going on in this country right now. Yeah, lumber's gone up like three or four hundred percent. It has. It's crazy. Something, yeah. Like I said, the trees are still there. Yeah. Well, now some of it, I will say this: I, I, we can't, can't. I don't think you can blame all of this on the Biden administration. Some of it, but I it think, is fun to do. But so. it is sure, to, sure we can. <laughs> <laughs> but I, some of it has to do with storm damage and uh, demand. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's some of it. But at, on the other hand, Fred, to your point. You always have hurricanes. You always have damage. You always have tornado damage. There is something else at work here, clearly yes. at work, mm-hmm. and uh, it's costing. It's costing people. I don't think the radical left cares that much, and certainly when it comes to energy prices. They want to cause pain so that people will all magically decide to go buy electric cars, uh, and we all know that that doesn't actually help. Because those places where you plug your car in, uh, as we've seen, few and far between, uh, are uh, from uh, are provided their energy from coal sure. and other fossil fuels. All right, yes. we're going to take a five minute break for news, and when we come back, more of today's issues. You don't want to miss it, folks. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.